Hello and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Ivy. I'm Sam. I'm Shar. And this is episode 62. Uh, We will be discussing Legacy chapters 10 through 16. Uh, So first of all, we actually wanted to talk about the two deleted scenes that have been released so far. The first one is the original prologue of the first book, which was from Quinlan's point of view, and it was Quinlan and Alden talking about um, basically like trying to find Sophie. And then the second one was a deleted scene from Exile, uh, which was Sophie finding out a new power that she has. So, yo, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts? Like, what, what do you... What are you feeling? I thought that they were both cool as heck. I I was, like, really interested by the Quinlan POV thing. I was, like, interested. I kind of liked their interaction, too. It was, it was it, it, good. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't really get to see them talk ever. We don't know much about how it used to be for them. So, like, it was cool. I agree. I Yeah, especially the Quinlan chapter, because... I actually, I mean, I think that would have been an awesome, <laughs> an awesome opening to the first book, although I can see why um, it was cut, but it, it put the whole thing in perspective in a way that it had not been, in like in the way that it isn't in the published version. Uh, so I, I just, it would have been a little different, I think, yeah. Yeah, like, like different, but like kind of like an interesting different. Mm-hmm. And also... It answered one of the main questions I had throughout the series. Like I've been wondering for a while if finding out if I, if finding out Sophie's biological parents is so important is so important. Why can't she just use some sort of fancy elven gadget to match her DNA against DNA in the in the, in the registry and find possible outcomes? And in the scene, it's like her DNA had been altered so much that regular el- elven technology couldn't even process it. So I would have liked to. So th- th- yeah. I thought that 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 was cool, and it made, it made a lot of sense because the council would have totally found out their biological parents if they could, because they were like willing to work with the black swan. Some of the books and willing and like hating them and the others. So I thought that that was a really interesting logic around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe I that's agree. why. Yeah, maybe that's why Shannon decided to share it. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, could be a reason. And in the the second one, I thought that the what was it called again? Shoot, impelling. Yes, yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool as heck. I li- I yeah. I I liked it a lot. I wish I, I wish that it was a thing. <laughs> Maybe it still exists and it just hasn't been touched on. But like, I wish it was a thing. Cause it, I don't know. I just like it. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things like blinking where it's just a kind of Mm. random power that doesn't fit into the story somehow but like it's still cool i think i actually kind of beg to differ because like being able to make people see things uh especially if sophie was able to like do it to the degree the degree that she did in that chapter it could probably actually be kind of useful when they're having to maybe sneak around places or like you know deal with things yeah could work oh, as a really good distraction yeah that's that's what i meant what i meant was that i think it'd be too overpowered like like there wouldn't be enough limitations on what they could do so it would kind of diminish 
the story. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, a lot of the stuff, especially in the later, it's like, okay, how do we sneak into this thing? How do we do this? And the, oh, so we just, just creates a distraction with her mind would just be, like, too, like, too simple. Like, even in the scene, she loses her focus not because she's, she runs out of strength. It's because she doesn't want to scare her friends. So if she's that powerful already in later books, she would just be even more OP than she is now. Mm. And, like, right now, her abilities have this nice balance of, like, some of them, like, her telepathy are really honed, but they also cause problems, like, when people want her to, to use it for, for things that she's not so sure that she wants to use it for, like, healing Finn's mind. And some of them, like, her inflicting, like, don't work for the majority of the series, and some of them, like, her teleporting are, like, still new, and she's still learning things about them even in the later books. Right now, she's OP, but, but her abilities have drawbacks, and this would, would just make her too powerful. Yeah, I agree, especially with the inflicting thing, right? Because with the inflicting, her whole thing was, like, she can, um, when you're talking about her friends, she can uh, inflict on people, on the enemies, but it would also inflict on her friends until she, like, got the upgrade and could control it. And this impelling power would basically just be targeted inflicting without going through all of that. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to talk about the section that we actually read? Yes, because I remember notes. Go sure. for it. Okay, so in this section, it's right after the Team Valiant gets formed and all that. And so Sophie returns home, and Keith is in her room. Uh, and Ro. Uh, <laughs> people keep for It's really funny in this scene. People keep forgetting about Ro, and then she just, like, says something, and everyone's like, oh my god, I forgot you were here. This happens so many times. <laughs> I love her. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I love her. People people get annoyed by her, and don't get me wrong, I understand it. Com- I understand it completely. Even I sometimes am like, okay, tone it down, sweetie. But, uh... For the most part, I'm like, you're one of my favorite characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I've got mixed feelings on her, because, like, on one hand, it's just cool seeing an ogre's perspective of, of the elven world, and she could also, like, bring some humor to some of the more serious yeah, scenes. Yeah, I like her sass. But on the other hand, I don't like how, like, she is an adult. Why is she caring so, so much about romantic relationships be- between teenagers? Like, mature a little? Yeah, I get that. I actually, I was under the impression that she was... That she was um, developmentally a teenager. I don't know. Yeah, I thought. I, yeah, I thought that's... she was somewhere around like okay. teenage young so, adult. Like yeah. I don't know. If, okay, if she's a teenager, then then why is King Divitar sending? Why a, is she their bodyguard? Bodyguard. Yes, this exactly. Is King Divitar. Like, shouldn't they have about? an adult ogre do that? <laughs> that no, that's a, that's a very good point. <laughs> I'll have to double. I'll have to double check and see if her like age range is somewhere uh-huh. i'll look on the wiki they might have it i'll look at it later i'm too lazy right now yeah uh sure. but yeah that that is the part where i'm like honey tone it down a little i like so keith too but just take it down a few pegs mm-hmm. i think that um with this scene specifically like i agree that she's very cool in 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 a lot of situations but in this scene I was not so much of a fan, especially when Fitz comes in, which is a little bit later, but Mm. when Fitz comes in, him and Sophie have, like, this very intimate, the two of them conversation, 
but then like Ro and Keith are just also there. Yeah. And that was that was weird to me. Keith is just trying to get her to stay out of it. He's like, like why have you not God. left already? He's like, can we go? Can we go? It's like going back a little earlier. There's that part where Sophie and yes. Keith think that Bronte is Sophie's father. That was such a red father. herring. It was oh kind yeah. Yeah. Reading it, I was like, oh my god, that's not relevant at all. But... I know. Yeah. Coming into legacy, I was like, I, I actually just didn't believe it because Sophie is all like she is either like right the first time and get, and it just happens like with Julian being squall or there are a, a bunch of red herrings like with her biological parents in this one but it, it but and I had a feeling that this was going to be a bunch of red herrings one so yeah I remember I didn't exactly believe it when I first read it I'm just like mmm suspicious I it's too early in the book for this <laughs> Yeah. She's gonna pull a, a twist on us, ain't she? <laughs> ain't she? Wow. I don't speak <laughs> I English. I 100% <laughs> did not, do not, rec uh, sorry, I do not remember reading this part for the first time, so I have no idea what I thought immediately, but I will say that I imagine Bronte as, like, a very, like, old-looking man, you know? Even though canonically... He looks youngish, but I imagine he was like an old guy. Yeah, I'm kind of like that too. Man's is bald in my brain, okay? He's bald. I imagine him as kind of like, okay, okay, okay. I imagine Bronte as looking like Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings movies, like the old version. <laughs> that is, that's, that's I don't Bronte. <laughs> I imagine him as like kind of like the uh, art from book one, and I also imagine him as being very, very, very short. In the books, oh yeah, he's definitely very yes, short. He's by, the shortest like, counselor. He is maybe, like, I can't him as being by four far. foot eleven and a half, but <laughs> like he tells everyone that he's five feet tall because it sounds better. But anyway, the real reason Bronte can't be Sophie's father is because Bronte can read, and, and Sophie can't. That's the real difference between them. <laughs> um, actually, um, Correction here, just like Sophie can like Sophie can read regular ones. She just can't read fancy ones. Most elves can read both regular and fancy, but they but the, but the black swan changed the fancy rune part of her brain to read their safer runes. So Sophie can read two kinds of runes, like all elves. The but oh, instead of fancy okay. ones, she can read black swan Good ones. Good for her. It's like she can't read cursive or something. That's how I like to think of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like me. It's like she can't read cursive or. I mean, the way I think of it is, like, simplified and traditional Chinese characters. Like, I take Chinese at school, and I can read simplified, but not. But I can't really read traditional because some of the characters are so different. And I headcan elven runes as being kind of like that. Like, how, how like, some runes are the same, but some runes are different, so it's just easier. So yeah, somebody can just read sense. the regular runes and not the fancy ones. Mm. Anyway, that kind of got off track. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um... But yeah, the Bronte part, like, is, is, is interesting, but I was like, I can't, I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> Side note, that's like, really just gonna probably be a, like a two second thing, but I just want to point it out. The amount of Keith like, pacing and fidgeting and tapping, every time I see an ADHD trait in Keith, I'm going to point it out now that it's canon. I'm going to do it. And I agree, I agree. But like, Wait, it's yeah, canon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you didn't hear. Uh, well, sort of, I guess. 
Uh, I didn't. In a, in a, read, I haven't read Unlocked. Um, or, wait. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a thing in Unlocked. Um. The, the, uh, so in one of oh, Shannon's no. tours, uh, I didn't like like hear this. I saw it in a few different posts uh, on Tumblr. She said something uh, where she thinks that uh, Keith probably has ADD. Oh my uh, God, we won! And I, <laughs> exactly, I cried when I read that because like I know that like ADD is an outdated term by now, but like it. it he has, that's what I was, like, initially, that, that's what I was diagnosed with, so he has, like, the same, ty- like, kind of, like, type, I guess, that I have, so I, like, just started straight up sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> and I just started crying, so I'm like, that's me, and it's in a character that I love, and a thing that I love more than anything else, and it's not the butt of a joke. <laughs> I, I did not hear about that, that's amazing. I, yeah, okay, I didn't a, ship Zoki so before, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started crying, and my I was I was a uh, like my my baby sister was in the room, and she just goes up to me and she's like, "Sammy, okay?" And I'm like, "Sammy, okay." Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, the amount of just like 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 the the sleeve fidgeting, all of the pacing, the finger drumming, just it was constant throughout the whole thing, and I know like. Technically, it could just be used as, like, a sign, like, oh, he's nervous, because, you know, people fidget when they're nervous, but also, people fidget when they have ADHD. <laughs> yeah, and, and so he's not nervous in this scene, it. not really, like, he's just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. He's just vibing, man. <laughs> wow, I'm, 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 my mind is blown, I'm thinking about everything that he does in a new <laughs> context now. I, I love that. I okay, because specifically with this scene, I'm going to talk now. <laughs> specifically with this scene, yes. like, like, it's a big, like, Keith is supporting Sophie scene, and he's, like, listening and being very present for her. And and those things, those the fidgeting things are usually used in books to signify so they're thinking about something else or, like, something something is making them feel uncomfortable or something. But in this scene, it really isn't, and Sophie doesn't really take that as like as like a bad sign she just describes it because that's what he's doing and then she's like wow what a good friend Keith is for listening to me because he is Ivy I am hand flapping so hard right now (laughs) I love this yeah so now now that it's confirmed every single time that I see uh like just like a sign like even a little trait I'm just gonna just point it out take a two seconds to just point it out be like hey I see him Pog, Pog Chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, so Team Valiant wait, shows wait, wait. up at wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Did we thought parts from this scene? Is, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I thought oh, that we were gonna because we uh, because you, know, you know, Fitz shows up and there's yeah, like the kind of argument. Do Fitz. Yeah. Oh, that was that <laughs> yeah, was kind of sorry. meaningful. I jumped too honestly, far ahead. To read. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was really uncomfortable. Like. Not in, like, a I-hated-it way, but in a way where it's like, oh, I just feel bad for everyone involved. Okay, so context, like, Fitz comes in, Sophie tells him she's unmatchable, and then Fitz is like, well, it's okay, we'll figure out who your biological parents are, and then you'll register. And Rose like, well, but if she didn't want to register, that would be okay too, right? And Fitz totally gives a non-answer that is actually an answer where he's like, well, she'd mm. never not register. And it's like, okay, yeah. Okay. And she's like, yeah, but what if, you know, Rose is like, yeah, but what if she wanted to stop looking and didn't want anyone else to look into it? And his, he just 
very quickly, and she's like, how would you re- react? And his answer is just, why would she do that? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, buddy. Yeah. Also, like, from a uh, f- from a reader standpoint, this was just, like, painful to read, but from a writing standpoint, yeah. it is excellent right? foreshadowing for the so scenes good. later on. Like, I mean, like, not just with Sophie and Fitz's argument, but with how, but with when Sophie realizes that Orly's her biological mom, and she's, like, and she realizes that she can't tell anyone because it would just make things even worse. So, just peak foreshadowing there. Yeah, there's sort of argument right before he, like, chills out and starts being like, okay, and then, you know, the whole conversation with Ro that we just talked about, they had, like, their kind of like a mini argument right before that. Uh, and I don't like it. I don't like when it happens. I don't. I, I, I just, I don't. Um, mm. and it just, it, it, I don't have any, I didn't have any brain cells to describe it in my notes, but uh, I think the way that I worded it was just uh, the way that, that the matching status matters so much to fits like this, it just bothers me. But I don't really think it's exactly his fault. It's like a lot of elven society crap. Yeah, exactly. Like I yeah. still we live this. in a society. I think that he's just he's he's affected so much by society. In exactly all of them are kind of right. Like Dex is affected by society the same amount in the opposite way, but it's just that the specific way Fitz is, it's like, it makes it increasingly hard over the course of the series for him to stay in step with the rest of the team, you know? Yeah, and he just has so much pressure on him. There's just so much pressure to, like, keep being, like, top-tier elven society, but also to be a good person, just, like, you know, his friends and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Ouchie, my boy. Also, we kind of don't really see the same thing with Bianca, which I think is interesting. So, like, I mean, Bianca is, like, kind of snobby and annoying in book one and a little in book two, but after that, she's, like, she's, like, she's like as chill about it as Sophie and the rest of the gang. Like, she's less obsessed with matchmaking, and she, and she, and she makes up faster with Dex, and it's just, like, it, it, it makes you kind of wonder, like, what influenced Bianca that didn't influence Fitz? Like, did she get to know Dex and better and realize, and Tam and Lynn better and realize how unfair Evelyn's society was, or was it, like, even growing up, how maybe there was less pressure on her because she was the youngest, or... I think it's yeah. both, because, um, because Fitz also has, I think he has, like, an extra amount of pressure compared to his siblings because the entire society sees them as like the golden boy of like all elves at least i'm pretty sure if i'm remembering correctly i'm wondering if uh alvar had a similar thing going on exactly uh, and it got passed on to fitz and i wonder if that's what made alvar break (laughs) and go for the never scene i feel like honestly um i i don't remember exactly but i remember there being this one point about uh how, like, Alvar was working with uh, Alden to find Sophie at first, but then mm-hmm. Alden started uh, using Fitz instead when Fitz was, like, pretty young. And then... Six? I guess, yeah, I, I don't remember, but... Um, I think he was six. Yeah, and... He was and a little I, kid. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. And I, I just think that there is... Bringing back that part in Never Seen, right? Because 
I love never seeing it. And then the part where it's just Alvar and Fiona have a connection that is by merit of them being backers who are not fits. And and so I, I do feel like like extrapolating from that, like Fitz is is special and has been special since or has been treated specially since he was very young. And and so I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Bianca had that kind of pressure on her. Uh yeah, at, at least at not, least not as, as much. much. Uh also like the kind of like so th- this book goes very love triangle on us. You know, I I think that there's like uh, at least I, I, like, I think so, and it's kind of already starting just a little bit with, like, Sophie feeling caught just being seen hugging Keith in a moment of yeah. emotional weakness, you know, where she needs support and many hugs from her friends. And I just want to go off for a second about the fact that I just don't like love triangles. I hate, I, I hate them. And, uh, just... I, I, how iconic it would be if Sophie just got to, like, like, don't get me wrong, I stand an ending where Sophie ends up with neither. Like, that is great, and is, I, I love when stories with love triangles and the like end like that, like, uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna name that show, it's gonna be spoilers, I don't know if someone's watching the show, I don't wanna spoil it for them. Uh, a show that I watched, there's a character who, like, had a whole thing with, like, there were three different guys, and by the end, she just ends up on her own, doing her own thing, uh, to get a healthy relationship, like, with herself. Um, and I think that's great, and I would love an ending with Sophie having that, but at the same time, just how, it would be, it would also just be amazing if Sophie got to end up with them both in a healthy polyamorous relationship. I'm, yeah, I am a polyamorous person, so I'd be like, I'm like, I, I, I really like I really like that and I want to see it so bad. As much as my main ship for Sophie is is Lynn, I would love, love to see this so much. That would yeah, that would be honestly amazing and so iconic. Yeah, polyamorous Sophie, heck yeah. Why my fits or Keith when you can have fits can and have Keith. both. My polyamorous flag came in the mail today, actually. Oh, good. Oh for cool. You. So I guess that's probably why I'm thinking so hard about it. <laughs> also, I know that the fandom, like, hates on Sophie sometimes for being quote-unquote oblivious, but when I f- first read the series, I-, I didn't see any signs for any ships up until Sophie's became canon, and I think that that might have to do with me being aromantic, so consider Sophie is a ro- and that's why she's, like, so hesitant, and, 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 and that's why, like, well, she she's like fine with like friendship and family and stuff she romance is just like tougher for her and she doesn't get it because like that's been my experience as an arrow person so i know that that's the chance of it happening is like infinitesimal but please please that would also be awesome. either way either ending yeah, yeah either one of them they're beautiful <laughs> they're beautiful and unique choices especially like in the middle of the series kind of uh, so far, I, I, I saw, um, uh, uh, words are hard today, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this sentence isn't gonna finish itself, okay, uh, next section, <laughs> next section, okay, Team Valiant, we've been talking for, they like, 30 minutes, 
Yeah. <laughs> they're the best. Yeah. They're literally the best. I don't I love them. I don't know so why much. it took so long for them to form, but this is the squad. <laughs> like Yes. And also how they are united in the goal of making Sophie get more sleep. Just literally yeah. so good. <laughs> they are the fandom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're just like watching so Sophie fits and Keith like and then and they're just like totally removed from it and they're like sophie you know you know what is better than a boy self-care sleep (laughs) (laughs) also stina iconic also there's a line which in the start of chapter 13 that's like wiley looked like he was mostly wondering how much of this kind of drama he was going to have to deal with as a member of team valiant when the team was talking about like kissy stuff a romantic wiley a romantic wiley a romantic wiley like that is my main headcanon for that boy i know aromantic like I just, I keep projecting onto pretty much every character who can be headcanon as Arrow, but at the That's same bad. time, it's out there. What are, fiction- <laughs> yeah, what are fictional characters for if not projecting? Thank you! <laughs> That's a good I got point. That I can't on, argue with that. That's a comment man. on a fic once. It's my life motto now. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, shipping things, actually, never mind. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of relevant, okay. <laughs> that was a, a little bit of a segue. Dex is such a good friend. Dex is a better friend than... Dex is the friend Sophie deserves. He basically yeah. is like, everything will be okay. Like, Aww. you do whatever yeah. you want to do, and we will support you, and I will... Like, it's so good. He's great. I am here Dex. for you. <laughs> I would die to have Dex as one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were dead, could, would you be capable of having a best friend? Like, would you be I ghost mean, Dex could probably something? Uh, invent no. something to commune with the dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dex could do that. <laughs> also, uh, it was it was mentioned... I, 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 it was mentioned... So, like, I think this book is, like, the book where a lot of people just have a lot of uh Lynn and Morella stuff and oh I think I it's, like two it's lines. very oh. Yeah, it's very first mentioned just Lynn's been training a lot with Morella and I'm like And they mm. capitalized a lot. It was like a lot. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> They're girlfriends, Your Honor. They're literally girlfriends. <laughs> They're already dating and the rest of the group just just doesn't see they're it. They're just here, like, the two, like, they, they don't have any drama. They're just here. They're, like, okay. <laughs> we're gonna, they're, we're gonna show up. They don't have any relationship drama. They're gonna show up in book nine, and they're, and then the, the team's gonna be like, why are you two holding hands? And they've been like, they're like, we've been dating for six months. Actually, um, <laughs> speaking of which, there's a line about Lynn holding hands with Marilla and Maruka later on in the book. So, and... Powerful the, polycule. Yeah. And also, Lynn, Morella, and Maruka were all absent from Unlocked, so... Mm-hmm. Like, they were all absent <laughs> because they were figuring out their relationship and going on dates. <laughs> that Just seems like the hands. only explanation. They're too busy holding hands. Exactly. <laughs> they have no hands free to help with the mission. <laughs> <laughs> also... I felt so sad when they were, like, going back 
to the cave when Duck started getting all like pale. I w I just uh, the poor boy. Too much trauma for this sweet Get boy. Get everyone therapy. Like, everyone Please, gets therapy. Yes. Okay, so they go visit Noob VT. The dwarf. Yeah. Queen, literally. And I, I, I totally that, did that, not I understand what they were joke. talking about. But but the, the thing that I picked up on was Maxidian <laughs> is made of shadow flux, which blew yeah, my mind. I that was my takeaway. It's so amazing. I love this world. <laughs> and and, and just squad the whole therapy, thing and I read it as squid therapy the first time around. It serves different purposes based on how it's cut, right? And like the facets kind of. And so basically you have crystals that are, that channel light. Chocolate. And but do different things based on their facets. And you have crystals uh, made it that channel darkness chicken. that do different <laughs> so, things based on their facets. And then we and named so, it yeah. makes me wonder, like, named, I don't know, like, what, what yeah. things could happen if you combine them. And or then like, we like, named the sorts. What mm. crystal could you make with both light and darkness? Because that's kind of what Wiley oh, so and Tam fun. did, right? So, like, yeah. yeah. Experiment, experiment. I mean, I, I feel like either it would work very well or it would end up exploding and burning off Tam's bangs, but I would love to see a scene where they try it out. <laughs> yes. Not the bangs! And then there was the uh, the London thing. That was fun. I yeah. love Dex. I love oh, him. Yeah. He was so happy and excited doing his thing. Dex and gets I love more him. page time in this section than, like, in the last six books combined. Actually, oh, um, no. I, I actually ran a Kindle word count on it, and so, like... It turns out that, that Dex gets actually about as much page time in Legacy as he does in Flashback, like only, only a little more, which I was not expecting. Maybe it's just that he's more fun. Yeah, like, he, he gets around 200 to 250 mentions per book. It's pretty consistent. And he also always gets more than Lynn, so... Oh, huh. Yeah. Crime and, that both of them are so undermentioned. And actually usually Give more than... Give more page time. Yes. And he usually and he usually gets more than Biana as well. So if we're talking about more page time for Dex, we should talk about more page time for Lynn and Biana because also underrated. Yeah, and Biana should have rights. Yes. Yes. Bring the girls in. <laughs> um. But yeah, I was I was very yeah. happy to just see Dex being happy. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. It's like his joy brings me joy. That scene. And also, he's right. Those, like, British soldier dudes look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a line from the, the London part that uh, I thought was really, really good was Dex asks, why don't the humans, you know, unite and have one giant force? Um, and Sophie says, because they, basically because they don't know that they have to. They don't know that anything else is out there. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just, that felt very profound to me like yeah it, i mean it was it's it's really just a factual observation but it, it was <laughs> nice i don't know okay so after that uh mr forkle takes sophie to her human family's house uh to trigger her memory of inflicting on amy Oh, this mm. scene. Yeah, somehow uh. i don't know why but i just didn't really have many like actual thoughts 
Like, as in, the only note that I put down for these two chapters was just Amy! (laughs) (laughs) Amy's awesome. I love her. Protect at all costs. Yeah. The, God, the, I... I wrote down, like, Shannon Messenger has a really poetic way of describing abstract things that unfortunately does not extend to concrete things. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love all the brain stuff. Like, the thing with the echoes and flashback, that was amazing. The the stuff yeah, in Exile, so much. the Prentice's mind and stuff and the telepathy, that was amazing. This, it, it, was, it was great. It was described in such... A poetic way and it's like wow imagine if the whole book was like that i mean the, the whole the whole book that would be completely implausible but it's kind of like that's it was so good because i wrote down earlier like this book reads like it was not edited at all and most of the time i don't mind but um because you know it's, it's fun it's flowy it's natural and it's not like bad but Sometimes when there are a lot of characters in the scene or something, sometimes it just goes off track and and the scenes where they're doing like cool things in the brain always feel so like they feel like Beautiful. scenes from a book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Rather than like scenes from a draft. And maybe that's too harsh, because it, it, it really is a good series, and it's good writing. It's, like, more polished than anything I have. But but those ones specifically just, just feel more real. I, 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 I disagree, just because I'm easily impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, so, so what happened in the, uh, in the memory is that Sophie inflicted on Amy, but it was this weird red lightning thing which is kind of foreshadowing for, like, uh, not, it's not foreshadowing, it's just a, a straight reveal, but, um, <laughs> it kind of reveals, like, the, the real intention of how her inflicting power was supposed to work, uh, which is just more targeted, and, like, it has this red thing that can just go to yeah. one, one person, um, yeah. It kind of made me think of, like, Marvel reference here, like, Wanda Maximoff's powers, like, with the the red light, at least. Yes, that's the only Marvel thing I've watched. That's the only Marvel <laughs> thing I've watched. It, 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 does, it is like that. I didn't think of it because I, I haven't thought about the show in a while, and, you know, the book came out before WandaVision did, so. Uh, but that is that is true, and I like it. Um, and then another detail from this part is that Amy, like, grabs Sophie's arm, and Sophie... Sophie's like, wow, Amy has is really strong, uh, and she kind of wonders, oh, did someone teach her um, strength channeling uh, in the Lost Cities, or is she just super strong? And I was like, part elf, Amy? Oh! Question mark? Like, Question mark? Yeah, h- half elf Amy would be fantastic. Because, because um, the whole reason that Amy exists in the first place is because uh, her parents were basically made fertile by, like, Sophie um being born and Sophie had all this elf DNA and stuff um and so I I feel like that would have changed things you know like and even if Amy isn't like an elf an elf she maybe she has some sort of residual effects uh that's that's it that's the section you can find us at keepercast on tumblr and the keepercast on instagram
and you can find me at aelin-ashriver-galathinius on Tumblr. I still haven't figured out my new Tumblr the, uh, username, so I'm gonna just keep that in the dark for just a little bit longer, but uh, you can find me on AO3 uh, uh, at Electric Spins. I barely upload, but I'm gonna try and work on that. And you can find me at the Dark Chocolate Lord on AO3. I don't have Instagram or Tumblr. Alright, this has been KeeperCast. See you in two weeks. Thank you.